0: On today's show, I gotta bring him in. Kevin Gray, the one, Kevin Gray Sports. We gotta talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. at the presser. He was there. We asked him some questions and some interesting answers from Tim Hardaway Jr., specifically about Chris Hobbs what he has to do this season, and then we'll get into that Laurie marketing trade and talk about why the Mavs didn't make it happen. All on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks podcast. J-P-Dowry.
1: I feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be here. I belong.
0: And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the On Podcast Network. And joining me, friend of the show, uh, like almost co-host. This is your second time this month, I think, oh. you, you've hosted this. Oh. So you're getting close. <laughs> you're getting close there. Oh, Kevin Gray, what you got for me? Uh, I'm I'm glad to
2: be here, man. Like I said, it's uh, always good to be here with you guys. Um, the best thing I got for you is to subscribe to Kevin Gray Sports on YouTube. That's the best thing I got for you at the moment. Do it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're less than what, four weeks away from camp starting. So I'm excited. It's hard to believe that the offseason is gone as fast as it has gone already. But guess what? We're going to get some real basketball here pretty soon. So I'm, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, Kevin Gray, obviously from 105.3, the fan, and you can also go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel. I will tag it in the description below, so you can just go really easy. Just go down and click that little thing. YouTube makes it easy for you to cross-promote channels, so that's pretty cool. All right, today we are going to be talking about Tim Hardaway Jr., like I said, the Lowry Marketing Trade, and uh, we have to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Before we get to the two things... There's something I didn't get to yesterday, and that was Sunday night, Sunday evening. WFAA had a special about uh, Dale Hansen, the famed, legend broadcaster. Just the the guy that you you know, as a as a broadcaster, as a sports personality person, you're like, I want to be that guy, right? Like in DFW, is there anybody else that you just look at and you're like. I'd rather be him instead of Dale Hansen. It's like that's the guy that you'd pick. He's been here the longest. He's been doing it the longest, and they had a really good tribute to him. He's retiring this week, and uh, had just a, a great clip. But Mark Cuban was on it, and I thought that that was uh, that there's some interesting things from that.
2: Yeah, Mark Cuban had a chance to uh, to get after Dale Hansen and get some revenge on him after all all these years. So, like I said, Dale Hansen's been around for. Long, long time, one of the best in the business, and um, retiring at this point uh, with WFAA. Happy for Joe Trahan, who's taken over uh, yeah. for him. But it was good to see Mark Cuban get a, get a few jabs in with Dale <laughs> uh, this this last time with him.
0: It was it was so good. And there's a couple things that I, I took away from that. And it's not necessarily Mavs things, but I think Mavs fans will be interested in them. One of them... Uh, Mark Cuban was going through it and he said, all right, rapid fire, tell me what you think about this personality or this sports figure. And he would say, like, Barry Switzer. And then they brought up the whole interview with him and Barry Switzer when he was punching him in the arm and all that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'd ever seen that because I didn't, I didn't grow up here. And then he went through, like, just different, you know, Nolan Ryan and went through different sports figures. He came to Jerry Jones. And when, when asked to explain Jerry Jones, talk about Jerry Jones, Dale Hansen said you know, I actually like the man, which is kind of a funny thing to to say. (laughs) He's like, I actually like the man. You know, I've gone after him, blah, blah, blah. But he said, I wish he wasn't the GM of my favorite team. I wish he could get satisfaction from just being the owner of the team. And sitting there watching this, me just, I was watching it on my iPad on the side and I'm just sitting there looking at it. And he's sitting across from Mark Cuban in the old number seven lounge in the AAC, right above the practice court. Like you can see the Mavs practice court and everything. And he said that specific thing to Mark Cuban and that kind of blew my mind a little bit because isn't that exactly what we're going through right now? Just a little bit. He doesn't have the title, Mark Cuban, but we're seeing that right now happen with the Mavericks.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of fans eyes are opened this offseason and even maybe prior to that. They felt like Mark Cuban in a lot of ways was just like Jerry Jones in the fact that he wants to have full control and autonomy of his team to make all the final decisions whether it be business-wise or, in this case, basketball-wise. And I think the way things went down with Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle and then things being brought full circle with Jason Kidd being brought back, Dirk Nowitzki being brought back to this organization, a lot of folks felt like this is Jerry Jones 2.0 with Mark Cuban. and. For a lot of folks, that wasn't necessarily the greatest realization because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what? You're right. He does run things just like Jerry Jones. And, you know, that's how feelings get hurt. And for a lot of Mavs fans, that wasn't necessarily great this offseason.
0: There's been many times I wish I knew what Mark Cuban or anybody was thinking. But that was one of the times when I just wish that Mark Cuban would have I would have known what Mark Cuban was thinking when he said that because it applies to it. And I think. If you if we if we ever ask if you or me ever ask Mark Cuban in some kind of scrum or something we asked him hey when you did that interview with Dale Hansen and he was talking about Jerry Jones and making the, you know the end of the day decisions for the team I think he would just play it off is I think he'd play it off as well I'm not the GM you know Nico's the GM and Jerry Jones is mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is like the difference for a lot of people that don't follow the Cowboys or don't follow football is that Jerry Jones is literally the GM right like that's that's his title like there is not a person that is like the GM right and so it is a little bit different title-wise and all that kind of stuff, the difference between what's going on with the Mavericks and, and the Cowboys. But can you explain that any further for people that may not know about you know American football?
2: Yeah, I think for, for Jerry Jones, he feels like he owns the team. He should be able to make all the decisions when it comes to the business of the Cowboys or the football decisions when it comes to what the personnel looks like. And for most teams – that isn't necessarily the case. You separate the owner and the general manager and the president of operations. For Jerry Jones, he feels like if I'm going to be the one writing the checks, I should be the one making the final decisions. And for Cowboys Sound fans, it's familiar? been a familiar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's a point of frustration for Cowboys fans for a long time, much like how Mark Cuban feels. If I'm going to be the one actually paying these players, cutting the checks, I should ultimately be the one who makes the final decisions on what this team looks like. And folks necessarily don't necessarily feel that way. They say, well, maybe you should just get out of the way. Let basketball people make basketball decisions. You cut the checks and we'll be able to put a roster together. That's going to do the best to win basketball games. But Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones and folks like them don't necessarily (laughs) feel that way. And that's their prerogative as those guys who own their teams that is their full prerogative, and it's the frustration of fans of those who like those teams that are tired – kind of tired of it at this
0: point. Yeah, so in all fairness, though, we, we still – I guess we should still give him a chance with the new regime with Nico Harrison and all that stuff to try and figure out if it's going to be the exact same way. Now, you can see my face on YouTube if you're watching us <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. I mean <laughs> – you don't just. I mean, he, he, this is the first time he's brought in his own guy, basically, as making right. making the the player decisions, the personnel decisions. So I'm not super, you know, uh, encouraged to think that it would be different. But we'll see. So we'll see with Mark Cuban. I found that quote very interesting when, when Dale Hansen. The other thing I found interesting from that that interview was uh, Mark Cuban before he, he before he bought the Mavericks talked with Dale Hansen and knew Dale Hanson they, they, they even mentioned that their relationship goes back way farther than, than the Mavericks in Dallas he said that he tried to get him to be a spokesman for broadcast.com when he was trying to sell it when Mark Cuban made his big money like when Mark Cuban made like a ton of money off of that deal and basically became a billionaire off of it and they were talking to two different guys one guy was another uh, another personality that I don't remember I don't recall the name. And they said, Mark Cuban said he was going to give that guy 2%, but he would have given Dale Hansen more. And he said 2% would have been worth a couple hundred million dollars. And Dale Hansen turned him him down at the time. So imagine being (laughs) Dale Hansen. You turn down this guy, Mark Cuban, and he goes and sells broadcast.com, which eventually turns into all the streaming. Literally, if you're watching this on YouTube, the the technology is from that and uh yeah you turned down a couple hundred million dollars If, <laughs> if you
2: that's crazy that is a I'm crazy sure. what
0: if i don't know if we could do a whole pod on it but it's wild I- i'm
2: sure if dale hansen maybe had the chance to do it all over again he <laughs> may have maybe done a little bit of haggling maybe a little bit of negotiation with cuban to make him a little bit better offer to come on but to think that that's worth a couple hundred million dollars yep Ooh. That's pretty good. Yeah, that kinda stings a little bit. That kinda <laughs> stings a little
0: bit. Yeah. Great stuff on Dale Hansen all over the place. I think it's WFAA.com slash Dale retiring. If you want to go check out more, obviously we're partnered with WFAA. Uh, and and uh yeah, but we're we're excited to see everything that they're putting out this week about him. So go check that out. And uh, yeah, we will come back talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. We got some good stuff to break into. He talked about how he belongs in Dallas. A really great commentary from him and a really great comment. So we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is. The thing to help you with your sweating problem. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days. I'm telling you, I used this over my break. I got to take a vacation, went home to see my family. Uh, we were walking around outside a lot. We were going to baseball games. I went to a Reds game. I got to, uh, you know, hang out at the lake. And this sweat block, it's a, it's a wipe. You put it on the night before. You wipe your armpits. You wipe your lower back, whatever and you don't sweat for seven days. I'm telling you it works. It worked for me. It worked on the plane there and back. It worked at a baseball game. It worked at church. It worked wherever you need it. So get Sweat Block. Go ahead uh, and wear what you want to wear. You don't have to change your clothes all the time. Now, in Texas, you know, I'm a bigger guy. Some of you that are bigger guys, you're going to have to change clothes every day, just kind of the way that it is. But you don't have to change clothes just because of underarm sweat and all that. So Get to wear what you want. It's the little secret to your confidence. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off uh, of sweatblock products. they are all kinds of stuff as well, not just the wipes. They have deodorant. They have stuff for uh, the undercarriage. They have all kinds of things for you. You can get them at Amazon. Get them at CVS, but you can also get them at sweatblock.com. Also, I want to tell you about Indeed.com. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. It's the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. You can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Indeed makes it so easy for you. So don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Right there. They're going to be right there for you. You know if you've ever gone through... A job search, you're like trying to find every single way. It, it reminds me of Michael Scott in the office when he's looking for a job and all of a sudden you hear monsters in his office and Jim from the other end of the office goes, it's monster.com, not monsters. Well, if you, you know that people are looking at these sites, the best candidates are on those sites looking and the best one is Indeed. That's the one that you want to put your job on. Get started right now with a $75 sponsor job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back with Kevin Gray, and we got to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. Well, let's, let's first get your, your thoughts on just the presser overall. Anything that was a non-Tim Hardaway Jr. thing that you want to bring up or had thoughts on, Uh, that stood out to you as maybe interesting or, or different than what we expected?
2: I found it interesting that Nico Harrison said that this was the brainchild of Michael Finley and that they wanted to make sure that this was something that was important for this organization to recognize their players. Because I don't know about you, I wasn't necessarily expecting them to do an introductory press conference of the guys that they had brought over, but the fact that they did it and that Nico Harrison made it a point to make sure that he said that Michael Finley was the one that came up with it, I thought was pretty was pretty interesting and I think the other part too was you know this was kind of one of the few times this off season that we've had a chance to talk with Jason Kidd and to get some of his thoughts on some of the things that have happened this off season. you know bringing in Jared Dudley his visit to Latvia and to Slovenia to go see Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis it was good to be able to have that conversation with them he talked with us a little bit afterwards after the press conference was over with and let us in on how he was feeling about some things going on this offseason. So hopefully as this offseason continues to go on, as we get ready for the regular season, that'll be something that's more of a regular occurrence, given what we know about this team and what they should be going into this upcoming season. So those are some of my takeaways from it. I it I thought it was good, though, overall.
0: Yeah, I you mentioned that Jason Kidd stayed after. That's something we didn't talk about yesterday, but Jason Kidd did stay after for a while. And Nico Harrison. We we did Isaac and I did talk to Nico Harrison for a second and him and Isaac were wearing the same shoes, which I thought was, was pretty funny. That's, that's oh, pretty wow. good. Pretty good taste for Isaac, right? That's that's a pretty yeah. good like, A former Nike executive is wearing the same shoes as you you're doing yeah. pretty good in the shoe department, but Jason Kidd stayed even longer than Nico did and was talking to people. It was basically a second scrum that happened around him, uh, and mm-hmm. I thought that, that was I thought that was good. I thought it was positive. He didn't just dart out and leave and not answer any more questions. Uh, now Dwayne did D- Dwayne Dwayne Price did like corner him and made sure that
2: he. Him and my good buddy Mac Angle, they were like, "Look, we got some hard questions we that we, to ask you here," <laughs> and they and they did a good job. And we was able to get to some. Yeah. To some it's that Fort Worth
0: Star Telegram guys. They just they just can't. get.
2: <laughs> hey, Mac is good at what he does, man. He's going to get those questions in and make sure he gets those questions answered for sure.
0: So, so yeah, I, I did find, find that interesting as well. But let's get into Tim Hardaway Jr. We've been talking about this a little bit. Uh, he had this quote about coming back to Dallas, and I just thought that this was really good. As a Mavs fan, you want to feel good about guys that come back and not just, oh, you know, I decided to come back because they gave me the most money or it was just some ancillary reason. But Tim Hardaway Jr. really feels a connection to this place and really feels a connection to Dallas. So I thought that this quote was awesome.
1: Playing alongside a KP for these for these last 4 or 5 years now um and alongside Luca, since I've been here been part of the Mavs uh I did really feel like I think after after the year before we went, the year before we got to the bubble and before we went to that transition of, of 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 the covid protocols and everything uh, uh leading up to that point I really felt like this was a place for me to you know to really uh uh, flourish and 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 find my niche. So, I think just after that, moving forward, uh, I really felt like I I was part of something special. Like I said before, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, all the way up to now, I I do feel like yeah, this is home, and I do feel like you know I'm supposed to be here. I belong.
0: I love that quote, especially that end part. I feel like this was home. I belong. I r- I really like that because. You always want your athletes to feel like, especially if it's your hometown team, right? Now, this isn't mine, but I know for a lot of Mavs fans I've talked to, they feel real identity with this team. Like, Mavs fans call themselves MFFLs. Like, that is an identity almost at a certain point. And so you really want your your sports figures and the guys that play on your team to feel that. And I think Tim Hardaway Jr. does.
2: And I think that's one of the reasons why the Mavericks really wanted to make sure that he was a priority because, you know, there were reports that he turned down more money to come back to Dallas, which is huge for him because I think it shows a few things that, one, I think he knows how successful he has been with this organization and that they give him the best opportunity to be the best version of himself. But I think it also speaks to how this organization, at least for him, has made an impact on him, not only what he does in terms of his community work and all the things that he does outside of the court, But the fact that he has played with Luka Doncic and obviously Kristaps Porzingis for more time, this is a place where he feels comfortable at and that he can be the best version of himself. And for him to make that commitment to this organization, I think, speaks volumes to him, not only as as a person, but also as a player who understands his situation and what's the best situation for him going forward. And for him to speak to that and to do so the way that he did, I thought was a really cool moment, especially for Mavericks fans who feel like at times folks don't necessarily choose to play for this organization. Tim Hardaway made it very clear that he wanted to be a Maverick, and I think that's important for those who love and follow this basketball team.
0: Yeah, that's a, definitely an interesting point. It's, it's definitely positive. I mean, we, we walked away as soon as we learned that he turned down more money and that he could have gone somewhere else. That was That's an extremely positive thing for the Mavericks that, that somebody came back like that. Now I'm curious, if you, what do you think – his his answer was, you know, this is this is a good situation. Is it a good situation for Tim Hardaway, or is it a good situation for him as part of a team? Right, it's, there's a, a difference there, and maybe they're the same thing. But for me, it's does he think that this team is a special group, or is it a special situation for him? Because it is a special situation for him, right? He comes in, sure. he plays the playmaker like Luka Doncic. He was not playing as well as he is now, obviously with the with the Knicks, or even with Atlanta before that, or if the Knicks even you know before that part. But it's interesting to see to see that and to try and distinguish and Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just, you know, splitting hairs here, but uh, what do you think he meant by that?
2: I I think he meant both. I mean, the situation for him is good basketball wise. He's going to be playing, continuing to play with a guy that's going to get him the best shots possible. And I think he's established himself as one of the leaders on this team. So for him to recognize that this situation is special not just for him personally in terms of his own success as a basketball player, but the actual impact that he can have as a leader on this team and how he continues to be a guy that's very intense night in and night out. But folks like Luka Doncic, you can tell, embrace what Tim Hardaway brings on a night-to-night basis, and I think that's something that he can continue to build upon as an established leader on this team to help them build the kind of continuity consistency and chemistry that they're looking forward to be able to be a team that has opportunities going forward to get deeper into the Western Conference. You need guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. to not only commit to the organization, but continue to grow and establish themselves as guys that can be trusted in those big moments. And I think he understands that moment. And Luka Doncic is going to continue to help trust in him in those moments going forward too, I think.
0: You mentioned that Tim has kind of become a leader for the Mavs. And so I had to look it up. Who on the Mavericks has more experience in the NBA than Tim Hardaway Jr.? Just off the top of your head. And if those playing at home, go ahead and answer – give your answer out loud if you can. Who on the Mavericks has more NBA experience than Tim Hardaway Jr.? Tim Hardaway Jr. has been in the league eight years. Start thinking through some of the players, like, well, it's not Luka, it's not Porzingis.
2: I think the only other person close, I think, is Dwight Powell, if I'm White in seven correct.
0: years, right? Reggie yeah. Bullock's eight years. Tim Hardaway Junior. and Trey Burke's eight years. Tim Hardaway Junior. tied with with Burke and Bullock, but the most NBA experience on this team that's that's pretty wild, right? Because you just don't think of, yeah. of him as that veteran type guy, but he is at this point in this team. And you know, some people clown the fact that some some other people say, "Oh, this is a young team," or that when Cuban says this is a young team, or somebody says this is a young team, it's an inexperienced team. There's kind of a difference mm-hmm. between that. They're not young necessarily age wise. You got some of these guys. Maxie is, is older than Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's only been in the league four years. So that's less exp- less NBA experience. But that's really interesting. He has become a veteran. And it's cool that he is kind of, you know, sort of leading the way of, of, of a guy that's becoming a you know Maverick for a long time with this extension.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned guys like Bullock and, you know, Trey Burke and, and Dwight Powell and Cleveland. Like, these are the guys, especially in Tim Hardaway's case, he's going to have to continue to be a guy – that kind of shows Luka Doncic how to be a leader in this league and how to be able to grow and learn. Because as much as Luka Doncic we see as the quote-unquote leader from obviously being the best player standpoint, he's still got a lot of growing and maturing to do as a 22-year-old who is going to be the face of not only this team, but really a face of the league going forward for the next 10-plus years. And it's good to have him surrounded by guys like a Tim Hardaway Jr. who have been through the ropes in this league. And know what it means to last in the NBA. And I think Tim Hardaway will continue to be a positive influence on Luka Doncic and this team as a whole. So I think there's more reasons why, just beyond the basketball stuff, that it was important for Tim Hardaway to be able to come back for this team.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's another one of those guys. Obviously, he's, he's Tim Hardaway Jr., right? He's He's been around the NBA for a long time. And it it's seems like these the guys, yeah, yeah, it seems like all these guys that come in that their dads played in the league, they're all just solid, no-nonsense, play basketball type guys, right? Your Clay Thompson's, your, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ton of other guys. Steph Curry, I guess you could call him. Seth yeah. Curry, you could put all those guys in that category of just guys that come in and play. And I think that that's so great—a guy that's not gonna not gonna cause any problems really. And I think that that's another solid thing for the Mavericks. So, again, glowing glowing remarks on the Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, re-sign. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll talk more about. Chris Alps Porzingis. Now he mentioned at the beginning of that last answer that he has been with Porzingis for four to five years. Now I was sitting on this question and I was I was ready. I was ready to pounce on it as soon as he gave me the light. Because as soon as he mentioned he'd been with Porzingis for a while, I was ready to ask it. So I'm gonna ask him about Christoph's Porzingis coming up, what he needs to do to get back to KP form that that he's seen. Tim Hardaway Jr. seen him as an all-star. So let's talk to Tim Hardaway Jr. about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the place to get your car and Uh, get your car and auto parts. I guess an auto and a car, same thing. Parts for your car or your truck. Save time and money using rockauto.com. There's so many different sites and so many different places you can get auto parts, but Rock Auto is the one place that has everything for you, that has it all laid out. It has it easily laid out for you. You don't have to go searching through, oh, what's the newest thing? Oh, what's the, the cheapest thing? You just go through and see from your car, search the make, the model, the year, all that, and you could see all of it in front of you. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto part needs. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go check it out. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box. They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Kevin Gray, let's get into Tim Hardaway Jr. I asked him a question. I kind of had to. He was he was ready for it, and you'll, you'll hear him say that uh, here about Chris Porzingis and what he needs to do to get back. Nick Ank said, Locked On Network. This question is for Tim. You mentioned you've played with Chris Porzingis for a long time now. Uh, this past playoff series this past year was not at the level of play that he wanted to be. What do you think is the key for him going into this season?
1: I knew this question was coming up. <laughs> um... Like I said, I mean, being his teammate, probably the longest, more than anybody on the roster. Uh, I know KP. I know he's back in Latvia, you know, busting his tail right now to get back to where he was um, before the injury um, when he was when we were with the Knicks. So uh, um, I know I, I know how much uh, he loves the game. I know how much he he works, and he's going to do whatever he can to get back to that that level of mentality that he had. Um injuries do play a part, you know, of the game and we have to, you know, we have to look at that as well with um with him not really having his rhythm or or him not probably being that confident out there because of all those the surgeries and everything that he had to go through. But um I know what type of player he is. I know what he's capable of, probably more than anybody here in here. And um once you get that type of, type of KP back i think we could beat anybody
0: so i was i was really thankful that he said that I knew this question was coming because I, I appreciated that he had thought about it, right? And it's funny, and we laugh about it, and I, I laughed about it. But I appreciated that he had put some thought into it, and he said, man, I know somebody's going to ask me about Christoph Porzingis because it seems like the thing everybody wants to talk about in this offseason because he's the key. Everybody's insane. He's the key for this next season. So I appreciated Tim Ardai Jr. let us, you know, pulled back the curtain a little bit and told us that he had been thinking about it. And there was two things in there that really stood out to me. He mentioned injuries for sure. That that was that was one thing. And then he mentioned that with the injuries comes the confidence and the rhythm. That those are, three, I guess, three things then that really hampered Christoph Porzingis. And he admitted that as a you know teammate of his, a guy that's been around him for four to five years, you know, five what six years, I guess maybe, has uh, that he has seen that Christoph Porzingis struggled with last season.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of those things that Tim Hardaway Jr. mentioned are things that Porzingis has talked about for himself. Over the course of the last, you know, two plus years, is that he's a confident and re- he's a rhythm player. He's a guy that needs reps. He needs to be out there. He will tell you con- that, man. <laughs> yes, he will, and and, that, and that's why I say that because he has been very vocal about what he needs to be in terms of the confidence, the rhythm, the feel for the game. I remember a few, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, first talking to him, you know, he had had a poor game in one of his first games, you know, coming back you know, from his ACL and he just lamented about the fact that, you know, he's got to get the rhythm and the feel of the game, that he's a very much a feel type of player. So when he is actually connected into the game, not from a not just from a mental but a physical standpoint, you know, Porzingis can be a guy that can be that 20 and 10 player, you know, that a lot of folks think he needs to be consistently for this team to go where they need to go. But it's for him to stay mentally locked in night after night. And not take nights off mentally where he's not necessarily getting the ball or he's not being featured in the offense. He's got to find different ways to impact the game. And I think you saw some of that a little bit in the Clippers series when he was basically turned, you know, into an offensive decoy, you know, by Rick Carlisle. He tried to find ways as the series went on to do more things to affect the game. He's got to take that same mentality going into this season while still refining his game as an offensive player to be able to be the full version of himself that he's going to have to be if they're going to continue to stick with him you know, for the next couple of years here.
0: Kevin Gray, have you ever seen the show Avatar The Last Airbender? <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. You're missing out. It's one of the greatest pieces of art ever created. <laughs> but there's a part in it where they talk, and this is a real thing, where they talk about chakras and you have different portions of your body where different energies flow in all this. And some people believe in this, some don't. But that... When things happen in your life, when injuries happen, when you have uh, different complicated things happen in your life, you know, Porzingis has obviously had a bunch of different things like this. When somebody, you know, obviously outshines you, and Luka Doncic, stuff comes up, and it blocks your chakras. And you just got to clear it all out and just let it flow. Like, let the energy flow, and it feels like, Horzingis or, has some blocked chakras right now. <laughs> like it just seems That's a like good analogy. I like that. It <laughs> seems I like, like there, there's something with him that just needs to be, you know, flushed out and just needs to be, to start a new basically. Uh, and he f- was
2: Rick Carlisle.
0: <laughs> it could be honestly, it could be. We, we all were like, Oh, the Luca KP relationship, the Luca KP, relationship. maybe it's Carlisle. Maybe it's Carlisle that, that just didn't understand how to talk to a player like that or how to work with a player like that. And we'll find out. And, the thing is, we'll, we'll either find out if Jason Kidd is the right one, or if maybe we don't know anything. Because right? like, if it still doesn't work, then we don't know, right? Yeah,
2: and it's interesting. We said Carlisle because Carlisle was one of the ones who was more of the one of the more staunch defenders of Porzingis night in and night out. You know, Carlisle would go out of his way to praise Chris Pauls Porzingis when it wasn't necessarily called for at times. But at the same, you know, flip side of that, maybe it's a a change of scenery from a coach standpoint that allows Porzingis to be the full version of himself. Because Kid has talked about it during this offseason, that he wants to get Porzingis back to some of the things that he was when he was in New York, a guy that during his first four seasons was averaging 2.3 blocks per 36 minutes. That has obviously slipped dramatically since then. But if he can be the full version of, of himself, both offensively and defensively, now the Mavericks have something that they can definitely work with. And I think Tim Hardaway has seen what Porzingis can be on both ends of the floor and what his full version of himself looks like when he's right. And I think he wants to see that again. And maybe a new head coach, and Jason Kidd, will be
0: able to unlock that for him. I sure hope he unlocks the chakras. I sure I sure <laughs> hope so. <laughs> but
2: clean, flush out
0: the energy. Flush I like
2: out. that. Flush it out, man. I like that. That's a life <laughs> mantra. I'm going to have to use that myself.
0: That's good. That's the good. guru. It's a great. Great episode of Avatar. And and half the audience is now rolling their eyes and the other half is like, That's perfect. That's such a great <laughs> analogy. That's a great show. Exactly. Isaac That's and nice. I have Isaac and I have our listeners split on that show. I bring it up a little. Bit.
2: <laughs> well, apparently I need to check it out to be able it's, to, you know, be in it's attitude. so
0: good. It's so good. Uh, the the last thing we'll get to is the, I just want to get your take on the Lowry marketing trade. So it goes down. He goes to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He gets paid sixteen plus million dollars a year. The Portland Trailblazers give up a first round pick, and so the you know the the Bulls do get their first round pick for Lowry marketing. Larry Nance ends up going to Portland. What did you think about this deal? Were you upset the Mavericks didn't get in on it? Were you disappointed that the Mavericks uh, didn't get Larry marketing?
2: I guess a few things. I guess the Bulls, you know, their stick to was rewarded because it's like, we're not coming off that first-round pick. We're going to find ourselves uh, getting that. And it sounded like it was an offer they just simply couldn't refuse, even though marketing clearly wanted out of Chicago. It felt like for a while that, that Chicago was willing to go ahead and hang on to them until they got what they felt was an offer. They couldn't refuse and they got it. And you know, there was reports by Sham Sharani of The Athletic that Dallas was one of the teams that had shown interest, you know, in marketing, but they didn't have the kind of dollars that marketing was looking for. Um, so it would have been him taking a little bit of a, you know, pay cut in his mind to come to Dallas if that was a place where he wanted to go, which is ironic because wasn't he the one around, you know, posting Dirk Nowitzki, you know, photos on his Instagram of his jerseys and all this other stuff. So who knows how much he really wanted to be a Maverick because if he really (laughs) wanted to, he might have taken a few million dollars less to actually come here. But I think for all sides, you know, as far as the trade was concerned, you know, Portland and, and Cleveland and Chicago, it sounds like everyone got what they wanted out of the deal. And marketing for him, the biggest thing was getting paid, which he did with Cleveland. Now,
0: problem with Cleveland's, we don't know what they want, right?
2: <laughs> well, they got all these big men between I Jared know. Allen, uh, Evan Mobley, who they drafted out of USC, and now you got marketing in there, and, and Kevin, Kevin Love. Lowe. Like, yeah, Kevin Love's like, yeah, I'm not taking you know <laughs> uh, a buyout. I'm gonna collect my thirty million dollars for the next you know couple of seasons. They've got a real conundrum there with all the big men that they have. So I'm interested to see how they are able to use that rotation of big men that they have. And they just paid Jared Allen, you know, a hundred million dollars to stay there too. So they've got a lot of money committed to, you know, some big guys out there in Cleveland.
0: I was the most jealous for Portland because I love Larry Nance. I think he's, yeah. I think he's great. I think he's like the upgrade on Maxie that I think everyone wants, right? Like I think he would be, or at least a guy that could give us two Maxis, <laughs> which would be and a little bit of better of a passer for Maxie. I've, I've Followed him ever since he got drafted by the Lakers, and I think he would just—he's just the perfect player for the Mavericks. I think he would just fit so well. He's improved as a shooter. He's a playmaker. He can defend a couple different positions. I think that they Mm -hmm. got a really good player in him. Now, is it going to change Dame's mind? Is it going to—you know—make them that much better of a team? No, but it makes them—I don't know—well, like five percent better than they than they were before. And I think that plus some of the other moves they made and and all that, maybe they're back into the playoff race and back where they want to be.
2: Yeah, Nance is a guy that's going to give you a lot of range defensively, and I think that's something that in the Western Conference you're going to need a lot of with the kinds of guys that you're going to be guarding night in and night out. So they definitely got better for sure by acquiring uh, Larry Nance. I think the fit is really good for him. It's interesting to see how Chauncey Billups uses him as part of that rotation out there in Portland this year.
0: I forgot Chauncey Billups is their coach. You know, sometimes yeah, be, man. like, so many off-season moves goes, happen, man. you just forget. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. How are you feeling about the Mavs? We'll, we'll end on this. You feeling good? You feeling positive, upbeat after the presser? Sometimes pressers happen, and you're like, ugh, I'm supposed to feel good about that. People were were DMing us the photo of all the guys holding up their jerseys. And they're like, if someone, show, <laughs> if someone showed this to you before the off-season said, this is how it's going to end, how would you feel, right? Like It's
2: funny because everybody who kept commenting on the photos of the guys holding up their jerseys were like, man, Moses Brown is really like eight feet tall. That dude is like (laughs) towering over everybody. Um, Look, do I think the Mavericks improved? I do think the Mavericks improved on the margins based on what they were able to accomplish after they lost out on the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. And you've got guys that fit what this team is already, and you got better I think better defensively and for a team last year that has to find itself getting better defensively, they're going to have to find guys that will improve certain areas. So Reggie Bullock, for example, is going to be a guy that's going to guard. There it is right there. Yeah. You got (laughs) Moses Brown towering over everyone there, but you know, Bullock is a guy that's going to guard multiple positions, Sterling Brown, the same way. And when you can get guys that can defend, but also be typical three and D wings. Like Bullock is a perfect three and D player for today's NBA shoots the ball at a high clip from the three point line yep. and defends multiple positions. Brown is going to be interesting to see how he fits into this rotation of big men that the Dallas Mavericks has. We were talking about how Cleveland's <laughs> got a big man problem that Dallas Mavericks between Porzingis, Willie Collins, you throw Moses Brown in there. You brought back brought back Boban, You know, Marjanovic, you know, Dwight Powell is there. You've got a lot of centers themselves. that will be interesting to see how Jason Kidd works in their rotation. So I think based on what they wanted to do after not getting Kyle Lowry, I think they did improve. But for Mavericks fans, you know, they'll go back to well. Mark Cuban told us going into the offseason. We had to get a secondary ball handler and creator, maybe even a quote-unquote third star, and the Mavericks didn't necessarily accomplish that. But I think what's important to keep in mind with the players that they signed is that these are guys that are going to help you improve now, but are also these are really good trade assets also. These are going to be guys that know their role and are going to perform based on playing with Luka Doncic and their movable contracts that you could find yourself yeah. building in the future. So I think all in all, the Mavericks improved. I gave their grade a C-plus this offseason as far as if you want to give out offseason grades. That's what I gave it just based on the fact that they didn't – Accomplished their ultimate goal, but they did improve. I thought on the margins this offseason.
0: My question about this picture that we're showing on YouTube, and it's just the presser of them all standing up there. So, kid is supposed to be what six four, six five, and Tim Hardaway is mm-hmm. supposed to be six five something, and then Bullock's supposed to be six six. like a yep. perfect like line, like right down the like <laughs> one inch difference, but. I don't know. I think either Tim Hardaway I I think I asked you this on the day. Is, is, is Tim Hardaway Jr. wearing some boots or is he <laughs> like two inches taller than Jason Kidd or is Jason Kidd getting shorter? Because it seems like Kidd is a little shorter than Tim Hardaway. I I think
2: Hardaway's got an inch or two on on Kid. You know how these things go in the uh in the in the programs. They got guys that are listed at 6'4, six, 6'5 six, when they're actually like 6'1, 6'2, 6'3. The, that the kind JJ
0: Berea clause, right? <laughs> so.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he may be listed to 6'4, but just maybe may be really like 6'2, you know, 6'3, that kind of thing. But uh, no, I think which, yeah, Tim Hardy. I think Tim Harvey's got a couple of inches on him.
0: Knowing that Jason Kidd is six four, and I think I think Nico Harrison's like a like six five. Like he is he's legit. A legit, like
2: six five. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He is yeah.
0: legit a little tall. He's like definitely taller than me, and I'm six so three. like, he, yeah. he's just, he's, I'm looking up at him. That really puts Moses Brown's height into perspective. How big that dude is, because because <laughs> it's not like Nico Harrison's like six foot or even you know like five nine or something like that.
2: Yeah, Moses Brown is every bit of that seven feet plus. That and he's hunched uh, he, over.
0: Look at him. His head is like.
2: He's bending his head down a little bit. I and you know it's funny because I think a lot of Mavs fans are really excited about Brown. You know, Dwayne Price had mentioned you know some of the 2020 games that he had. You know, this past season, I think fans are excited about him and want to see him stick around. I know folks are like, well, maybe he's part of a a Goran Dragic trade at some point. You know, down the road, maybe that kind of thing. But if he does stick around with this team, I think a lot of folks are excited to see what Brown can bring as part of that big man rotation that the Mavericks have.
0: What can Brown do for you? It's a great question for the Mavericks. Either, either yeah. one of them. That's either true.
2: That, now they got two of them. That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> there you go. Kevin Gray. Again, you can find him, Kevin Gray Sports. We'll put the link to the YouTube channel in the description. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kevin Gray Sports. We will be back with more with a what if tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown On Mavs. Boom. Come on, guys. We're all on the same side.
1: Choclas.
0: Choclas. Everybody loves chakras! 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 Chakras and is good!
1: Yum!